This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and here I am with my co-host for the fourth and final episode of our remote working sessions with Rudolf. And these uh, sessions would not have been as good without Rudolf. So before we start this fourth part, a big thank you already to Rudolf for joining us and giving all this uh, very interesting information, content, and just being a generally pleasant person to talk with. Yeah, this is our third set of conversations with Rudolf, and they've been absolutely amazing, all of them. So hope you've enjoyed this content. This is the, the final piece, at least for now. Um, hopefully we'll get a chance to chat with him again in the future. But uh, if there's nothing else from you, Leon. Oh, let's get to it. Let's do this. There will be a muscle memory of how people were treated, but there's also a legal reality because I feel like tech always has a different tempo. And the legal reality is that Elon can say, I'm going to fire however many people. Well, if you have a gainful employment contract under French or German law, I don't know law in any and every country, but well, there's going to be some heavy lifting to be done because in the US you have at-will employment where it can be, you know, yeah. voided or just you can be stopped fairly easily without too much, too many hassle. Uh, one week depending notice. On the state and stuff. Absolutely. One week notice. Whereas in France, well, yeah. if you're profitable and long established, and there's no fault to be demonstrated. Uh, same with Germany. It's going to be tricky. So we may see a shift of talents. And company in the future may say, if I want to have people that are more disposable, which is not a great way to think about it, but it's the reality <laughs> of the market, they may hire in geographies where they can part with people a bit faster than traditional, say, Western Europe countries where employment laws are just more strict. And that has been happening for a very long time. And I know from personal experience, so Dave, you can contradict if you want to, but I'm a Belgian national. I moved to the Netherlands. Why? Well, because the tech companies are in the Netherlands. Why? Because in Belgium, just France and Belgium have some of the best uh, employee protection. The Netherlands is much more US-centric. It's way better than the US. It's nowhere near that bad, but it is better. It's one of the better places for US companies to hire talent. Sorry, I called myself talent there, sorry. And <laughs> see, again, the, the flexibility of the employee. Now, I moved physically because... 10, 15 years ago, remote working wasn't there yet. Today, we see that we are hiring people, that comes to hiring people to work in these difficult countries from other more easy countries to kind of bypass mm -hmm. all that, to bypass legalities. Now, if this is a good idea or a bad idea, it has its problems as well, of course. Because, I mean, if you're from country A, you're going to try and sell something in country B. Your culture is different. You don't have the same idea. But then again, if that company you're selling to is also a remote working kind of company, you have different cultures also matching each other. It all kind of solves itself in the end. So it's really unclear where it's going to end for me. I rambled a bit there, sorry. No, I I do think it makes sense. I, I hate the idea that organizations are hiring talent because it's disposable. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine seeing that in a, in a job ad? Like, and we should be like tissues, soft, yeah. strong, yeah. and disposable. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I got that from a movie, very old movie. <laughs> That's so tricky because in tech web, it's so good to some extent. Because I'm, I'm, I feel for people being laid off, and that's a terrible position to be in, especially yes. with financial responsibility. That being said, should you be a factory worker and... We just announced that your factory is moving far away, thousand kilometer plus. You don't speak the language. You're not going to be able to, you know, 
it's going to be much higher, much harder for you to do something else with your life and pick up another skill than the remote worker then can go to certain job board or other places and, and all of a sudden just reconsider your options. So yeah. it is more flexible. It is not great, but in some sense, we are part of the global market and it's also a wake up call for, I guess, workers have been expecting higher compensation to be able to justify as well. Because for equal output, you may get someone doing somewhere else. So seniors or, or people with all, all skills will have to now be more competitive in what they bring as well. It also has an effect on education, I've, I've read. There's this uh, education inflation happening where lower education almost has no pupils anymore because everybody goes for the higher education to get those brain jobs and how to call it, when you work with your head and not with your hands yeah which these no, were no workers course. thank you which these were shortage of uh, artisans of people actually able to build and brand fix things which is a problem but because of the whole idea yeah i'm going if i'm going to go to school if i have to make a decision parents will push their kids to the knowledge uh, service oriented world through their education to avoid them having those problems because mm -hmm. and again remote working probably has a effect on that decision making because that's the world we live in today probably probably it's it yeah. would change i think it would change a lot I of people good. aspire to that and i feel like uh, change is good but um the deal is very much heavily tipped in favor of those working in front of a computer like the physical hardship versus the hourly rate that you get mm -hmm. and the fact that you can the leverage is so very high in tech that uh, it's makes it super hard to compare with other professions, I think, yeah. other industries. Again, living in a little rural town here, I try to explain my neighbor what, what I do for a living. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's yeah. hard to describe. Yeah, my, my nearest neighbors, yeah. my nearest neighbors are all sheep. They definitely don't get it. Oh, I spent two weeks in, uh, in, uh, in Scotland. I speak fluent sheep now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. I think um, I think with that we will move to uh, perhaps a, a different topic again, and that is uh, remotive.com, Rudolf. Like, what's changed? What's changed there? How's that evolved in the last uh, year or two since we chatted? Yeah, so we've continued to be very focused on the experience of an applicant. How can you find a remote job that suits you? And to do that, we not only changed domain name from remotive.io that we had for since 2014 to .com that we recently moved to, so that was an interesting journey. But uh, we also been working on the search bar, be able to filter by countries that let you see where jobs are available, where you live or where you intend to live. So mm -hmm. that's been a little bit different. And uh, we had a lot of fun working with search bar. We use Algolia as a search engine, uh, using ca categories and trying to to find information that's not always there. So salaries, for instance, are not published by all countries. Um, location restriction, where you can apply for a remote job, is not published by all countries. So the thing that's different is that we source all data, literally tens of thousands of jobs via API and through the internet. But then we have manual judgment. We have physical team member that sort through each and every job description we list to ensure that's up to standard. We're happy to share, and only then do we decide to share that and to put it front and center? Otherwise, you know, we don't want to be that website with tens of thousands of results, but you sort of find yourself 
shaking your head when you go through those. We check each and every one so that uh, when you're on the job hunt, you have a good experience. Excellent, excellent. And uh, I take it uh, things are going well generally? It's been a crazy year. <laughs> we had a crazy six months and we had a slow six months. So I tell you, I'm a happy man. Uh, I'm happy to work on this. This is going to be year eight or year nine for me uh, working this project. Uh, and my business partner and I are very happy and excited about this. But certainly, you know, six months a year, we work on the client experience on the company side and say for the year we work on the applicant side so that's the beauty of the double-sided marketplace mm -hmm. and uh it continues to keep us on our toes so i'm thinking yeah for that. i think when when we talked last time <clears throat> sorry you you were talking a little bit about some of the the work that you did actually like consulting with organizations about you know their remote hiring and practices like that is that still kind of ongoing is that still sort of the some of the stuff that you're involved in yeah i still do that a few times a year i've helped um with salary compensation uh i've mm. had quite a bit i've had a few organization uh, a few hundred people staff each time think about more so than going through each line and seeing whether individual salaries what they are we think about the salary, like what's the philosophy? What's the compensation philosophy? What's fair according to the situation you have, which is a legacy situation, and mm. where do you want to go? And how do you make the transition? That could be you know, years in the making. We've seen companies doing this transition over three years, but deciding that as a leadership team, making sure it's a achievable reality through finance, and then getting everyone consulting and board from the employee side, it's usually a big job. And having done it a few times in other organization, um, those are projects that are actually quite fun. I, I enjoy uh, assisting there when I can. Fantastic. All right. So there's something that you mentioned um, back when we were talking about people doing something uh, something different outside of work. You mentioned uh, that uh, often people have uh, little little hobby projects or little things that they're working on uh, outside. So I'm 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 curious, uh, like what's what's the project that you're working on outside of work? <laughs> so I've become a lot more disciplined about cycling this year. Cycling is a thing I've picked up, and uh, I'm looking to bike packing, which is interesting. It's a mm -hmm. it's basically traveling with your bags and and go far and see where the road leads you, which I really much appreciate. So I've I've been riding north of three thousand kilometer over the last six months. And I'm prepping to do probably four or five uh, thousand next year through a two-month trip. So, yeah, it helps me disconnect. I hop on my bike, yep. cycle around town, or just to the countryside, and that's been that's been very very good to me. So, hoping to do more cycling next year. That's yeah, a lot of fun. I used to do that with my uh, partner. Then, have you the kitchen is a front left bag, the, the the bed is the back right bag, and you have everything on your bikes as well. And it's, Falling down is painful. That's what I remember most. It's a very <laughs> heavy bike at that's that point. <laughs> that, that's true. I try not to fall down, but it's interesting to travel differently. I've spent most of my life hopping on a plane mm -hmm. to some different place every six weeks or so because I could. Then COVID hit, I couldn't anymore. And now I'm at a stage where I'm looking to work through technology, so that's great. But I don't feel like my impact, my cardboard footprints, and my interest, just quite frankly, is in flying all over the place. I'd rather be present locally. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. if I get a good day at work and then I can 
spend as much time outside as possible. Like time spent outdoor is one of my new leading indicator of happiness. Uh, if I get to do a lot of that, I'm a happy man. Yeah. And on a bike, you are outdoor. You have direct contact with the surroundings. In a car, you're still in an office kind of thing, right? And you're still in a cubicle somehow. And bicycles really open up the world for you. I really enjoy that. Ball of fresh air. Yeah. True. Well, depending where you, where you drive. I mean, if you've cycled in Rotterdam here, that's a harbor. Uh, not, not a lot of fresh air there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get out of the city. That's true. Fantastic. Well, Jon, what about you? What's your... What's your project of the moment? Oh God, I've got so many. Uh, I guess the most unexpected one, I guess, would be I picked up cross-stitching. Ah, fair enough. So from the reading, sometimes you don't want to read something, but it's just you want something to do with your hands, something you concentrate mm -hmm. on, you can kind of block off the rest. And it's a very mm -hmm. minute, I've got bad eyes, which is also good, uh, a bad thing for that stuff. But you can make some yeah, cool stuff, and it's just passing the time, not watching TV. Very good. Very and actually, there's some very nice new artists because the traditional cross stitch is like the alphabet and the very classic stuff. <laughs> but there's a couple of artists now that have real modern art that is really nice. So that also cool. made a change because I don't see myself doing the little house on the prairie cross stitch thing. <laughs> <laughs> not not little bunch of flowers. That's not not your thing. No. No, I'm I'm building your portrait at the moment. So. Uh, oh ah. right, is that so you can throw darts at it? Uh, no, it's my Picasso face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and what are you doing uh so i'm in the process at the moment i've been in the process most of this year of um like building a bit of a workshop sort of mm. multi-purpose kind of workshops a bit of metal work bit of woodwork bit of fabrication and uh the the particular project that i'm just about to get into and it's probably a little bit over my uh uh over my level of uh, of comfort, but you know, that's always fun, is uh, an air quality meter for um, particulate matter. So mm -hmm. you can get, so sort of 10 micron, two and a half micron, and I think one micron are the kind of the three sort of primary categories that you want to check in a, especially in, in a woodworking environment where, you know, potentially you're using machinery, puts a lot of particulate matter in the air, you know, wear a mask most of the time, but sometimes it's nice to take the mask off, but is it mm. safe to do so kind of thing. So like you can get plenty of these, uh, these uh, particulate matter tools, but what I really want to do is I want to find a way where I can have a, have a, um, a sort of measurement on these three different particulate matter uh, types and then hook it up to a set of like basically traffic lights, like red, amber green so that it's really obvious in the workshop like the whole workshop bathed in in either red amber or, or green light <laughs> from one corner as to whether or not the air quality is uh, safe enough or not so that's that's uh, something that i'll be fiddling with over the next kind of month or two i think sounds like work <laughs> <laughs> some one person's work and another, another person's hobby uh, i i love work i can watch it for hours <laughs> you can watch other people work you mean. yeah yeah okay oh dear right and on that note i think is there anything else rodolf that uh, you'd like to share with our audience um maybe one last thing for anyone who's been let go let off recently i really feel like uh we're in a period where if you're looking for job human connection are more important than ever so 
it's not always the first reflex, not always the most pleasant thing, but reaching out to other people, reaching out to other people in different companies, different places of employment, uh, people with tech talks or, or tech reviews or videos you've enjoyed, people with writing you like, uh, trying to reach out as much as possible is probably a great way to go back to employment. So websites like my own are a great leading indicator of who are hiring and we're very happy to do that and put uh, companies front and center, but the human element is extremely important and usually makes the difference between a great application on paper and the first conversation is yeah. this discomfort you may have to go through to reach out to someone and to engage a conversation about potential employment. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. In fact, I've had over this last kind of couple of months, a number of people have kind of reached out to me and I've been able to connect them with organizations, not just my own that are, that are hiring and that I know have roles open that I think would be a good fit. But one of the things I probably would say kind of on top of that is um, if you find yourself in that sort of position where you have been laid off, use it as an opportunity to reconnect with people that you maybe haven't been in touch with for, for mm. a while. Um, use it as a, as a chance to reach out, especially to people that you enjoyed working with in the past and you had a, a relationship that actually, you know, maybe you haven't chatted with them for a while. That often doesn't really matter to a lot of people. You've had a connection. It's very easy to reestablish that connection. And, uh, you know, I, I think all but, uh, yeah, all but one of the, uh, the, the jobs that I've ever had have been sort of through an introduction, through the fact that I was connected with someone who was able to say, hey, I think you might be a good addition here or, hey, I, this role's just opened up. I think, you know, maybe it'd be worth you having a chat with the hiring manager or whatever it might be. But, uh, yeah, the, the human connection, I think, is is incredibly important. And, uh, yeah, I think that's an, a really excellent point, especially when people are going through what is almost certainly a pretty uh, challenging time. Yeah, it's a smart thing to do because with the remote working, you are remote and vetting a place of work. The best way to do mm. that is to talk to people that actually work there. I mean, yeah. I do a lot of recruiting talks as well, the technical uh, deep dive kind of stuff for new uh, recruits. And um, I always reach out to the people. If I know someone, I'm going to talk to somebody, I reach out on LinkedIn or whatever. Hey, um, we're going to be talking next week. Feel free to ask me any questions you want, basically. Mm. If you find talent, you want to hire them. So as part of the recruiting process, you, mm. will, you want to reach out that well. But still, not many people do that. And because yeah. of the remote working, because of the, the distributed companies, we're used to talking online. We're used to having this very bite-sized communications happening with people. So reach out, use that, use the people that are available to your best. Because yeah. if you're going to join a company, sure, you need to work to earn money. You work for the money. Yeah. But you work where you work because you like it there, hopefully, or you're not going to stay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always um, tell people that if you're not, if you're not stacking the deck in your favor, then you're doing yourself a disservice. And by that, I mean, using every possible resource you can, mm. whether that's to, to gain information about what it's like to work at an organization, whether it's about kind of finding out what the day-to-day -day work looks like, whether it's about understanding the culture of the organization is um you know anything and you know what the tech stacks like you know anything and everything if you're not doing everything you can if you're just kind of following you know the recruiter and the hiring managers prompt like especially in this uh in this day and age you're really 
you're really doing yourself a disservice. So think beyond that, connect with other people, figure out who else in your network may know someone that works there or someone that has worked there, you know, definitely the, the human part of that makes such a difference. And, and don't see it as a, a problem. It's a good thing to do that. If a company notices you really putting in effort in getting to know the company, that's yeah. a good thing. They will like you more, not less. If it's a good yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Certainly that's been my, that's been my, uh, been my view for, for a long time. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Rodolf. It's been excellent catching up with you again. Really, really appreciate the time you've been able to, to spend with us once more. And uh, yeah, look forward to chatting to you again in the hopefully not too distant future. <laughs> Same here. Thanks for having me. Thank See you. See you next time. Here. And that's it, sadly, for the final part of the interview with Rodolfi. We will miss you. We have to go a whole year now without him. I mean, we don't have to. <laughs> there's nothing in there's nothing in our or his contract. I mean, there's literally nothing. In our contract, <laughs> I was so, going to say uh, it's it's blank. But uh, no. that. Oh, yeah, great, great conversation. Hopefully, uh, our audience also found it as enlightening and as interesting as we did. Yeah, and I really enjoyed the fact that we ended up with some positive hiring advice for people that are struggling in this day. And uh, yeah, it's not a good time for for a lot of people in the world. So. Keep at it. Don't give up. There's a lot of opportunity available. So let us know if you have any ideas or any stories you can share with us. We'd be happy to talk about it. Indeed. Well, apart from thanking Rodolfo one last time, anything more from you? I don't think so. Then that is all the time we have for today. You can support this podcast by becoming a Patreon. Contributions do help. We are on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. The YouTube stuff make Dave happy. You can go to www.orgnl.org. There's links to the Patreon page, to the YouTube page, and other information about the podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter using the at Roaring Elephant tag, and you can send email through podcast at RoaringElephant.org. And I've already been doing this for three and a half years, so I should be able to pronounce the name by now, I guess. But apart from that, until next time, my name is, I can't even remember my own name, Jan. And it's way more than three and a half years, I can tell you that for now. And my name is Dave. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Yeah, but we alternate, right? So we've done this for seven and a bit years. So I did three and a half, you did three and a half, half, half. But we have been doing this. Yeah, but you can, you can speak and I can't. <laughs> True. Okay. Oh well, never mind. See you soon. Bye.